Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. The Bible says one generation shall declare God's praises and His works to another generation. Are you doing that? First of all, are we declaring God's praises and His works? You know, Psalm 107 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It is part of what we are supposed to do. If we are saved, it is supposed to show by the words we say. Many people I speak to say to me, I'm not trained as a speaker. I don't know what to say. I don't know all the right verses. But you know, you have a story. You have a testimony. And it is a beautiful and powerful thing. We've looked in this series so far at the effects that a testimony can have. In John chapter 9, a blind man was healed by Jesus and he gave testimony to people who asked him and it affected the whole society around him. The religious leaders were set in turmoil. They spoke to Jesus. He had input into their lives simply because a blind man said, this is all I know. I was blind and now I see. And a testimony is a beautiful and powerful thing. We've also said that a testimony does more than just give information, something spiritual happens. We've said that it's a prophecy that God inhabits and inspires the words of your testimony and that it can act as a weapon. We've said that it can show people what God is like and what he can do and it inspires them and puts faith within them and power is released into a situation. Also, because testimonies are expressions of glory and thanks to God, God inhabits the praises of his people. Testimonies are amazing things. And it's so amazing that every single one of us has a testimony of how we came to faith. You know, the, the story of the before we were believers and the struggles and the, and the trials and the searches that we had, the before times. Then we have the event of us coming to know Jesus. And, you know, people who are hearing your testimony may want to know what happened when you came to know Jesus. You could say something like, and then I met Jesus. And in their minds, they may be thinking, yes, but how did you meet Jesus? What did you do? What words did you say? What prayers did you pray? What actions accompanied it? How did that process happen? And you can guide them through that by saying, I prayed this. I went to the front at a meeting. I went to my bedroom and prayed alone. I got baptized, whatever it is. You can tell them the how. And then the after, where we say what God is doing and has done in our lives, and we give him all the glory. That is a testimony. You have one. It's a powerful, powerful thing. And now today we're looking at this verse in Psalm 145, which says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. If there ever was a definition of a testimony, that's it. Praise your works and declare your mighty acts. Where we say to another generation, either our own family members, children or grandparents or whatever it is, where we declare to another generation within our family that God has done this. How is that going for you? Do you have times and places and spaces in your busy lives where you can tell your children 
or your parents or your grandparents or aunts and uncles, different generations, what God is doing and has done in your life. You know, it's a powerful, powerful thing. There was one generation, at least in the Bible, that didn't do this. Judges chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. So it says there was this generation that served God, but the next generation didn't know the work that God had done for Israel, and they didn't know the Lord. That means they hadn't been told the testimonies. They hadn't seen or heard what God had done in their parents' generation. And listen to what it says. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They served the Baals. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods. And it goes on to describe misery, bondage, oppression, and terrible destruction. Friends, God wants us to tell another generation. Have you ever thought about this? Somebody told you, somebody helped you to find Jesus. You maybe heard a radio show. You maybe picked up a pamphlet on the street. You maybe switched on a TV and saw somebody telling you about Jesus. Maybe a friend told you about Jesus or they invited you to a meeting where you heard somebody preaching. However it was that you came to know Jesus, somebody helped you get there. None of us finds Jesus on our own. We always are led there by somebody else. And I just want to challenge you. Have you passed that on? Have you paid it forward by helping other people to find Jesus? You know, somebody in a, a meeting, let's just say you, you heard about Jesus in a meeting. Somebody rented that room. Somebody set out the chairs. Somebody prepared and planned and prayed for that meeting. Somebody thought about what they were going to say. Somebody else maybe did some music. There were a whole bunch of people who were investing time and love and passion and energy into that meeting and resources. How are you doing with paying that forward? Who are you sharing with? And are you sharing with another generation? I'm going to give us a few examples today of how we can do this. But I just want to, before I get there, just give you the definition from the Brown Driver Briggs Hebrew and English lexicon of what a generation is. So most of the time, it's talking about um, a, a number of years that people are alive. So today we talk about the millennials and and the boomers and, and Generation X and all these different generations. That's by far the majority of the times when the Bible talks about generation, it's talking about age spans. And so if you are in the age span of 20 to 40, another generation to you would be 40 to 60, 60 to 80, or maybe zero to 20. And the Bible says we should declare God's praises, somehow tell another generation about the works that God has done. You see, we are bent and wired in such a way that we want to just speak to people that we get on with. It's very common for us to say, I just want to be with people who are like me, maybe of the same culture as me, maybe of the same language maybe of the same age, maybe of the same gender, whatever it is, we want to be with people who are like us. But the Bible pushes us to go to a different generation. And this is the second definition of generation. 
in Brown Driver Briggs lexicon of Hebrew, it says that generation can mean those characterized by quality, condition, and class of people. In other words, a different economic class or, or, or grouping. It may be that it's not just age-related, but it's also people who you wouldn't normally link up with. And then the last one, generation can be translated in the Bible, a dwelling place or a habitation. So when he says one generation should declare God's works to another generation, primarily he's saying a different age group, but he's also saying, what about thinking bigger, a different class, a different social grouping, or a different dwelling place, a different nationality, and a different geographical location. How are we going to obey God's word of going out of our comfort zones? Because you know what, my dear friend, somebody did that for the gospel to come to you. You might say to me, no, 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 no. It was a person of the same gender, of the same age, of the same nationality, of the same language, in the same job and the same class as me, who shared the gospel with me. Friend, I want to promise you that because Christianity started in Jerusalem, Israel 2000 years ago with a bunch of poor illiterate fishermen disciples and it got to you somehow people jumped those generational uh, divides and got the gospel to you somebody shared with somebody who was not of their group and we need to say God I want to stretch myself out of my comfort zone and I want to go to another generation just one more distinction I want to make is that there are generations within your own family that you can link up with and, and share the gospel with and that's important and share your testimony with so your own children you can have a great impact on your own children your own parents your own relatives generations within your own family but i believe just from the years that i've walked with the lord that those testimonies amongst our family members are, yes, they are with words, but the power of those testimonies is when they see a changed life. When your parents see you changed, uh, your passions have changed, your uh, time use has changed, your desires, your goals, your speech, your actions, uh, all the different things about you, your personality, when they see that's changed, that is a testimony to another generation. When your children see you at church, worshiping the Lord, lifting your hands, maybe crying as you tell Jesus how much you love him, that is a testimony to another generation. Yes, you can tell them with words, God did this, God did that. Remember how this happened. Remember how that happened. Yes, you can. But within our own family, I would say it's at least 50-50, maybe even more weighted towards them watching you rather than hearing your words. However, when it's a, a, a group of people, a generation outside of your family, because that is the amazing thing about the body of Christ, is when we come in, we still have our earthly family and parents and children and, and relatives, but we get a new family and we get new mothers and fathers and sons and daughters and, and all these different relations because we're in a family of God and we should be telling other generations who are not blood relatives, maybe other cultures, but also different age groups. And when that happens, it is extremely powerful. Just about every time in the Bible 
when a son or daughter in the faith was raised up, they were not the biological offspring of the person. So I think of Paul and Timothy. I think of Moses and Joshua. There are so many different uh, stories like this where somebody was raised up, but it wasn't the biological child because in the body of Christ, we can reach across generations. You know, my son and in fact, both my sons and my daughter went away to university in the last few years. And there were Christians in the cities where they went who took them under their wing, who discipled them, who welcomed them, who fed them, who spent time with them, who took them out places, who invited them to church and who discipled them. And I am so grateful for those people who declared God's works to another generation, to my children. Yes, I did my best while they were under my roof, but my children blossomed when they left because other people were picking up the baton. Friends, we have a huge privilege, but also a responsibility to share God's works, to give a testimony to another generation. Will you pick up the baton? Because somebody did it to get the gospel to you. Will you pay it forward? So let's look at a few examples of how this happens. I'm going to read you a couple of verses. The first is from Psalm 78 verse 4. It says, We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. For He established a testimony in Jacob. It says God established a testimony. What that means is God put in place something in the culture of Jacob, which is Israel, that established this pattern of passing on a testimony from one generation to the next. It says he established a way of telling testimonies in Jacob, in Israel, and appointed a law in Israel. He made it part of the law so that they had to do it, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. You know, Ronald Reagan in 1967 said, freedom is one generation away from extinction. All we need is for one generation of Christians to fail to tell the next generation about the wonderful works of God, and we have been set back. Now, God often will rise, raise up a, a, a new firebrand. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard. But it takes time to get the momentum back, and we need to keep telling the next generation. So what was this law that God put in place in the nation of Israel. Well, every year they had a Passover meal. And even today, the Jew, uh, Jewish people will have the Seder meal and they will remember coming out of Egypt and how the Lord through the Passover saved them. And there are little symbols in the meal and there are questions and answers and they sing a song and the, the children say, why is this day different to every other day? And the parents give a response and they tell about how God worked in their lives. God instituted it in the culture, in the law of that nation. And we who are not Jews need to do the same. Friends, we need to have habits 
Now, the culture around us, for most of us, has uh, hijacked Christmas and Easter, um, but we can use it. We can celebrate Christmas and say, instead of it being about tinsel and toys and a fat man from the North Pole, it's actually about Jesus. Jesus came to earth and we can tell stories about how Jesus came into our lives and we can go around the table and celebrate and we can do like the Jews do with the Passover meal. We can have games and traditions and ways of remembering Christ and telling his story. At Easter, we can say it's not about the bunny. It's about Jesus dying on the cross and we can remind our children of the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. You know, there are so many things in the Jewish culture. Every Sabbath, every Saturday, uh, Friday night and Saturday, they have a meal when they remember what God has done. And it's part of the tradition. And they sit around and they speak and they pray. They sing songs, they discuss, and they tell stories about what God has done. Friends, you and I can put these traditions in the lives of our families. In the United States and Canada, they have Thanksgiving once a year where they have a big meal and everybody goes around the table and they tell what they are thankful for and they give testimony of God's good works. We can do that every year or every month or even every week. I encourage you to do things with your family. Um, there were many things in the Old Testament. I don't have time to go into them now, but God put in place all these different structures in the culture to help the people to share a testimony. Let me give you another couple of uh, examples of how we can do this better. We can have scriptures and Christian songs in our homes. You know, in Deuteronomy 6 verse 6 to 9, God says that you should have the word of God always before you and before your children. You should talk about it all the time. Uh, it should be on the doorposts of your house. We can have scripture and we can have Christian songs in our homes that give a testimony of God's mighty works. And we can have that as part of the tradition of our family. What about church? <laughs> Friends, what is the most important thing that you can give your children? Is it a good education? That'll help them earn a bit of money. Is it sporting prowess? That may help them have a bit of success and gain some friends. Is it that musical instrument that you're trying to get them to learn? Yes, there'll be some benefit from that. But can I say to you that 99.9% .9 of you, your children will not go on to be professional athletes. They will not become professional musicians. They will not really need all these things that you're giving them. I'm not saying we don't do them, but I'm saying that 100% of us, our children will face God on the judgment day and be asked what they did with Jesus. Friends, the most important thing you can give to your children is Jesus. And church is the most wonderful example and, and tool that we can use to tell testimonies to our children and for other people who are not part of our family, to share with another generation. You know, when you sing worship songs in church, you are declaring to other people the mighty works of God. You may be singing words that somebody else has written, but other people are watching you. I can guarantee you when a visitor comes into church, they are watching to see how the members praise and worship. You might think praise and worship is just a little thing to do before the sermon, and it's not really important, and it's just about you and how you feel. 
Friends, I want to tell you, when you worship God, you are giving testimony to His goodness, and it has a powerful effect. We should declare the mighty works of God to other generations, and worship is one of the ways. Listen to these verses, Hebrews 2. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. When I'm singing praise, I'm declaring God to people around me. And powerful things happen. Remember, we said that testimony is powerful. It's a prophecy. It's a weapon. It's, it raises faith. It enables miracles to happen. The root of the word testimony in the Old Testament is do it again, repeat it. And when people hear our testimony, even if it's in sung worship, God can do it in their own lives. Psalm 66, 16 says, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will declare what He has done for my soul. That's what we should be doing. When we go to church, when we take our children to church, and when we worship, then we are declaring what God has done. Small groups is another thing. You know, in a big service, not everybody can speak. We only have opportunity in the short time we have for a few people to share. But in a small group, everybody can share, can pray, can bring stories of what God has done, and we can extend God's glory and His work to other generations in small groups. Can I encourage you to prioritize bringing your children to church and coming to church yourself? It is the way that we give testimony, one of the powerful ways that we give testimony. And then lastly, can I encourage you to involve yourself and your children in ministry? We're going to hear a testimony from one of my sons in a few moments about how he watched us in church and how it impacted him to do the same. I wasn't aware that he was watching and that he was picking it up. My other son, the same thing. He went to university. All the churches in the town said, come join our church. And he found a little one week old church plant and he joined it and invested his life for three years in one of the poorest parts of the city and he loved it and I wasn't aware that he had been picking up what he'd watched when he had grown up with us planting churches when he'd seen us sweeping pubs on a Sunday morning to welcome people into church and new church plants when he'd been involved he'd been picking up things and when your children are involved when they see and when they are participating in ministry you are passing on God's great works to the next generation. Look at leadinglastnetwork.com. We've got so many good resources to help you to do this. We love you. God bless you. Coming up now, this is Matthew's story. So I'd like to tell you today about how um, obedience, God can use obedience in amazing ways um, and how he used obedience through me and how he can use obedience through you. Um, so it started off when I was in between, the summer in between my second and third year of university. And I felt like God was saying to me, um, when I go back to university, um, to start a church in my university home. All that I knew and all that I thought of at the time was a church is a place where Christians meet and on a Sunday morning and we sing some worship songs and how to preach and whatever else. So that's what I thought to do. So I messaged all my Christian friends um, and I said, hey, I'm going to start a church. And basically everyone got back to me and said, no, I'm not interested. 
So that was the first thing that I was kind of like, okay, well, um, that seems like a failure, but we'll see, we'll keep going. So I went back to university and one of my friends that I'd lived with for the first two years um, was interested in God. Um, he was talking to me about God and we were having conversations. Um, so I just invited him over to come around on Monday our evenings um, and we'd have food together, eat together, um, pray together, read the Bible, explore faith and then watch a film and we'd call it Wholesome Mondays. After about two weeks, um, basically we just had loads more people want to join um, because it was food, um, fellowship and a film and people had questions about God and people were curious to see um, who God was, um, what God's love meant, who Jesus was, is Jesus real? Um, and so after about four weeks, we had regularly about nine people um, coming around to my uni house every Monday evening um, and we'd eat together, um, pray together, read the Bible together. Um, and actually once we had more people, we even stopped watching the films because the discussions went on too long and we were, most of the time we were, we met at about seven and we'd be talking about God until 11 at night. Um, it was just amazing, amazing to see how God works um, through obedience. And then even going further than that, it came to the end of uni, we'd, we'd gone through that whole year um, being in fellowship together, eating together, praying, reading the Bible together, exploring faith, and everyone scattered and went back home after university. Um, and my friend James, who we baptized, he was missing it. And he, he felt like he wanted, um, he missed Wholesome Mondays, he missed that fellowship. Um, and so he asked me, how can I do that here, um, where he was at home? And so I told him, why don't you start your own group? Um, and he started ministering to his mum, brother, sister, and best friend at home. And his brother and sister both come to church with him pretty regularly. And his mum is really excited to, but she's too unwell at the moment too. Um, so it's just amazing to see one tiny little seed and how God can use me. I'm no one, um, but just one tiny little seed of obedience and how that can change people's lives. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.